At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is The Look Ahead with Scott Seidenberg on VSIN, the sports betting network. Scott Seidenberg back here with you. It is The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. Always on Twitter at Scott's on air, S C O T T S O N A I R. And I've got breaking news Tiger Woods is in first place at the Open Championship. That is it. That's just because uh, the first round is technically in progress and uh, Tiger hasn't teed off yet, but no one has completed a hole yet. So while the first group of players is on the first hole, technically everyone is at even par. So we have a massive tie for first place, including Tiger, Tiger Woods, y'all. Tiger will tee off at 9.59 a.m. Eastern time in a group with Max Homa and Matt Fitzpatrick. So should be some fun stuff there. Max Homa tweeted out his excitement about everything going on with Tiger and being able to play with Tiger. And, you know, I think that for Tiger Woods, I I expect him to play well early on. And I wouldn't be surprised, honestly, if Tiger finds himself in, I don't want to call it, I guess you can say in the mix, but like, in the top 20 after round one. And I know that after round one, it's like you're going to have maybe one or one leader, maybe two, two guys, three guys tied. And then there'll be like a whole bunch of players all tied for second and tied for third and fourth and things like that. But I can see Tiger going out there and shooting a decent score. This is a course that he knows like the back of his hand. And it's not that challenging of a course. Like, it's wide open. If you miss the fairway here, you can play it from the other fairway there. And uh, I think that he will make the cut. I think he performs well in round one and in round two. My concern for Tiger has always been, can he get through four rounds? And we just haven't seen it yet. We've seen him make the cut. We've seen him struggle as the tournament progresses. So I don't think that, you know, I wouldn't bet on it for, for Sir Tiger to, you know, go through the whole grind of this tournament and win it. I don't think it happens, but I do think he makes the cut. I do. And it would not surprise me to see him shoot well in the opening round. And I don't want to say be amongst the leaders, but be um 
in that top 20 range or so uh, after the first golfers, uh, after everyone's done with the first round. Paul Lowry has uh, bogeyed the first hole. So uh, while everyone else is in first place, he is uh, not as it stands. Uh, going into the event, Rory McIlroy is the favorite. Jordan Spieth is the second favorite, followed by Xander Shoffley, Scotty Scheffler, Justin Thomas, and John Rahm. And then uh, you have the next grouping of Cam Smith, Matt Fitzpatrick, Shane Lowry, my dude, and then uh, Patrick Cantlay, uh, Colin Morikawa, Will Zalatoris in the next grouping there with Tommy Fleetwood, Tony Finau, Dustin Johnson. And then you have to go all the way down the list to find Tiger Woods 70-1 to 1 going off at DraftKings to start his round. 110 here at the Circa Sportsbook. It was 140 just a couple of days ago. I'm Scott Sadenberg. You hit me up on Twitter at Scott Sonair, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N. A-I-R. Uh, NHL free agency is going just wild as um, the landscape of the league is going to change. I know here in Vegas, the Golden Knights are clearing cap space as they have uh, traded Max Pacioretty to the Carolina Hurricanes. So uh, big loss for fans here in Vegas who are fans of Patches, but he gets shipped off to Carolina and uh, the Blue Jackets have made the biggest splash so far by signing Johnny Gaudreau to a $68.25 million contract, an average annual value of $9.79 million. So he goes from uh, the Flames to Columbus to the Blue Jackets. Johnny Hockey, Johnny Gaudreau. So we'll see uh, what the odds change after all of these signings are done, you know, after free agency is, con- you know, everything's concluded because uh, it was just day one of free agency. So after it's over, we'll reassess the odds to win the Stanley Cup moving into next season as they will change um, just with every day and with every signing. For instance, the Carolina Hurricanes are the second favorite right now to win the Stanley Cup. I think getting Max Pacioretty absolutely uh, helps them. Uh, let's see, Columbus, has they have they moved? No, probably not. They're like 75 to 1. So, yeah, you get Johnny Gaudreau, but still a lot more needed on that team. NBA news, the Denver Nuggets agree to a two-year $30 million deal, uh, $30 million extension, I should say, with uh, Contavious Caldwell-Pope. So, he gets that uh, extension there. He was... Um, Traded a couple of weeks ago, and um, it's a nice fit for the Nuggets because Denver's a team that, well, I feel like we're all waiting to see what happens this year with them because last year you watched Jokic go the entire way without Jamal Murray, without Michael Porter Jr., and so now you're hoping you get that you get to see the big three for them for the entire season, and you get a three and D guy in Contavious Caldwell Pope. It's, it's a nice little nice little team there in Denver. You know, do, do I think that they are uh, 
a threat in the Western Conference? That's closely. You know, I don't know. What do we consider a threat? Right now, they are the fourth favorite in the West. Suns are the favorite. Clippers are the second favorite. Well, it's Suns, Clippers, Warriors. They're all pretty much the same, right? At plus 340, plus 350. Then you have the Lakers and then the Nuggets. And I think that's fair. I mean, would you? I, obviously, I would put the Nuggets ahead of the Lakers, but a lot of the Lakers' odds movement is just pure speculation and the, the thought that they are going to acquire Kyrie Irving. And if that's the case, then yeah, I mean, they belong in that next tier behind Warriors, Clippers, Suns. But if the Lakers go into this season just as is, then the Nuggets should be ahead of them. And then I think that's fair. You put the Nuggets in that next grouping. You know, you slide them below those top teams. But this is still, obviously, they have the two-time MVP. And now you get your key players back healthy to start a season. And they are an attractive bunch. They are absolutely an attractive bunch. We're still waiting to find out. And it's only been a day. So it's not like we're waiting, waiting. But Donovan Mitchell going to be on the move. The Jazz are going to trade him. Where? We don't know yet. I can tell you right now, the Knicks are in. They want him. He's a fit. He's got too many connections to the team. And they have so many assets to be able to acquire him. I was sent an email from, um, you know, an offshore book. And they set the odds on where Donovan Mitchell is going to be traded to, and the Knicks are the favorite. Not only are the Knicks the favorite, but they're even money. And I wouldn't be surprised if they become just like a juiced favorite to land Donovan Mitchell. The second favorite to land Donovan Mitchell is the Heat, and then then the Brooklyn Nets, and here's a team that was surprising. But maybe I shouldn't be that surprised. The Boston Celtics, 7-1, to one, to acquire Donovan Mitchell. This is interesting because the Celtics have done a really nice job this offseason of, of bringing in pieces to help them. And I know that they could trade some of those pieces uh, you know, they brought in Malcolm Brogdon. They brought in Danilo Gallinari. But, hmm, would they then turn around and flip it? Flip any of those guys? Or would they trade away any of their core? You know, a Marcus Smart, somebody else. I, I just don't know if that's going to be the case. Uh, there was a report from, um, I guess, a Celtics beat reporter that says the Celtics are not expected to have an interest in Donovan Mitchell. That's Brian Robb of Mass Live. Um, so, okay, I like that. And then, But then there's the report that everyone's pretty much talking about is that the New York Knicks have the best chance. Um, Tony Jones of The Athletic reported that the Knicks will make a run at him, which is what we all know. And I've been saying it. It's that's they have 
eight tradable first-round picks that they could send. And then you can send Emmanuel quickly, Quentin Grimes. You can get this trade done without having to give up uh, R.J. Barrett. I don't know if the trade gets done without trading R.J. Barrett, but there's certainly pieces there that you can make the trade without R.J. Barrett. I'm Scott Sadenberg. Hit me up on Twitter, at Scott's on Air. Coming up next, we'll be joined by Scott Reichel from the uh, Sports Gambling Podcast Network. He contributes to their NBA Gambling Podcast. We'll talk to him about NBA, the Donovan Mitchell possibilities, and a variety of other topics as well, right here on The Look Ahead on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is The Look Ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. VSIN will be broadcasting live from the NBA Summer League now through July 17th. Catch the Edge with Jonathan Von Tobel and Matt Humans at 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific, live from the NBA Summer League every weekday. We'll also have special guests, exclusive content, and live updates throughout all the VSIN shows. For more, follow us on Twitter at VSIN Live and at VSIN Live on YouTube. Scott Sadenberg back here with you. It's the look ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. Joining me now to continue the NBA conversation, we welcome in Scott Rochelle from the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, co-host of the NBA Gambling Podcast for those guys. Um, I hope uh, Ryan and Sean aren't working you too hard over there, Scott, here as uh, the NBA Summer League's going on. And, uh, well, the, ba- the, the trade discussions are never-ending. The latest is Donovan Mitchell will be on the move from Utah. The New York Knicks are in a great position to land him. They certainly have the assets, and they've been linked together for a long time now. Do you think that they have enough and it does get done and Donovan Mitchell will be a member of the Knicks? I think technically every team has enough. It's just a question of how many years first-round draft picks you actually want to throw into a trade. I guess the question I'm going to ask you, 
since the Timberwolves basically broke the actual trade machine with that Gobert trade, how many first-round picks is Mitchell actually worth? Probably four to five. Four? I mean, the Knicks I'm have the Knicks have eight tradable first-round picks to send. So, if you want to talk about realistic value, yeah. I mean, Gobert completely sabotaged what the trade <laughs> worth is for everybody else in the league. I mean, you can talk about why Durant, I know we're going to talk about him in a second, why he might not get traded because the asking price is now even higher than it was beforehand, which seems relatively impossible. But for Mitchell, I think he's probably going to end up going for three or four first-round picks. It really comes down to desperation. You can look at some of the favorites to land him. You have the Knicks, of course. You have the Heat. Even the Sixers are thrown in there. I'm not exactly sure how the Sixers would pull that off, so I don't think they have really a shot to do it. The Knicks make sense because they're the most desperate team in the sweepstakes. But you know that Danny Ainge, after he acquired that many picks from Minnesota, don't be shocked if he tries to send Mitchell to a really random team that overwhelmed them with a King's Ransom. Well, let's just say it's the Knicks for for argument's sake, and they get the trade done without having to give up R.J. Barrett. So let's okay. say it's, you know, they, they four first-round picks, they throw in like a Emmanuel Quickly, Quentin Grimes, whatever, Obi Toppin. They just get yeah. it done without giving up R.J. Barrett. You got a young nucleus now of Donovan Mitchell, Jalen Brunson, R.J. Barrett. Are the Knicks a top-five team in the Eastern Conference? No, but I don't think they need to be. I mean, Knicks fans were having a parade for winning one playoff game in the last, like, five years combined. The confetti so. fell. I was there. The confetti fell with the win. It was It was beautiful. Yeah. It really did, and then Trey Young kind of showed up like the Grinch on Christmas and ruined everybody's, you know, week or so. But the Knicks underachieved last year. We know that. We know Thibodeau is not afraid of being a bit harsher on the younger guys. I know the Knicks fans were clamoring for a bigger role for Obi Toppin over the past season. Then once they were fully out of the playoff picture, Toppin kind of hit the ground running, and he actually looked pretty good. But when it comes down to it, the Knicks, even with Mitchell, it really also comes down to how good of a player you think Mitchell actually is, because he, of course, has been a several-time All-Star, very talented scorer. Was he the worst defensive player on the court <laughs> in that first-round series? It could have been Boyan, but Mitchell really did not do himself any favors when it comes to increasing his value when he was basically just a traffic cone for Jalen Brunson to go by the entire series. Absolutely. Uh, sticking in New York and looking at the Brooklyn Nets, one gets traded, both get traded, none get traded between Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. What do you think? So I said this on the podcast about a week and a half ago, two weeks ago. I think it's a bluff. I don't think either of them are going to be moved. And I saw that the Nets title odds, if you were actually digging, assuming that Kyrie and KD were going to stay in Brooklyn, I believe it was around 40 to 1, 35 to 1, give or take. Mm -hmm. I believe that it has dropped a little bit since. But I thought the timing of KD's trade request was extremely fishy to the point where I didn't believe it. Because if you remember the actual timeline, Kyrie demanded a trade and he wanted a big contract. The Nets refused to pay him, whether or not you think they should or not, separate story, but Kyrie said, trade me. The Nets said, okay, and then nobody wanted to trade for him, <laughs> and Kyrie decided, all right, I'm going to come back for one year on the opt-in, and we'll see what happens. The next day, KD, who's his best friend, apparently, demands a trade. Right after Kyrie opts in. Doesn't that seem like a little bit of a ploy, a last-ditch Hail Mary attempt to try to gain a little bit of leverage for his friend to get a contract extension. Sure. 
Uh, it seemed, the yeah. timing was way too fishy for me. So I think the Nets are going to play hardball, and I think they realize that Katie's under contract for four years. Kyrie can do whatever he wants, but realistically, we know that if he wants a big contract, he's kind of in a one-year prove-it situation with the opt-in. So I think when the season starts, I think both players will be there. Is that going to be the case for the entire season? I don't know because you might have – I mean, we've seen players like Harden and Houston and really just around the league just show like – really just seem like they don't care. Yeah. And they actively punt, and the next thing you know, you have to trade the guy. But I do think for the start of the season, I expect Kyrie and Katie to be in a Nets uniform. Bit of a bold take, but it seems like the Nets are really not wavering, and they're waiting for just the right offer to cross their table, and I'm not sure if they're going to get it. See, that's kind of where I'm leaning. Um, I've always said that Kevin Durant will not get traded just because they're never going to get fair market value for Kevin Durant. It just, Especially and, four years on the contract. Yeah, and he's got so much time left that he's going to be there. But I do believe that there is, an, there is a possibility that Kyrie gets dealt. And I don't know if it's just, a, look, for me, say what you will about Russell, uh, about Russell Westbrook, but I'd just do a swap and I'd just say both teams get addition by subtraction. Obviously, the Lakers get better getting Kyrie Irving, but maybe the Nets get something out of Westbrook. At the worst case scenario, it's an expiring contract anyway, and he's going to be off the books at the end of the year. But I would just get Kyrie off the team, not deal with any of his headaches, and just move him. And this way, you go into the start of next season, you don't even have to worry about him anymore. Yeah, it seems like the main argument. I guess the one counterpoint, though, is would you be willing to pay Westbrook more money than Kyrie and realistically not compete for a title. Because I think mm. we would agree, KD, Westbrook, and Ben Simmons, that's not going to get it done. So if you're the ownership of the Nets, and I get your point about Kyrie being a bit of a head case and how there's a lot of drama and you kind of want to get rid of him as soon as possible, would you personally, if you were running a team, want to pay Westbrook more money to most likely not win a title? Or would you rather hope Kyrie changes his mind at some point and go into the season thinking that Simmons, Kyrie, and KD is a good enough trio to maybe get you to the mountaintop. Yeah, I mean, look, yes, in theory, yes, you're right. But in terms of, like, the way that these NBA teams handle the money, as long as there's room under the salary cap, the money, it's monopoly money. It doesn't mean anything to them. Like, Sean Marks is not going to sit there and go, oh, wow, my books are $7 million heavier. As long as it's under the salary cap, it's, it's an ex like I said, it's an expiring contract. It's going to be off the books next season anyway, and you're not going to sign the guy to any sort of deal. And who knows? Maybe there's a team out there at the deadline that wants to acquire an expiring yeah. contract and offload somebody that's going to cost money for them uh, know, later yeah. on. All I know is the Lakers are the only team right now yeah. being mentioned with the Kyrie's. I can't even call it a sweep. Which doesn't it tell only, you? Well, doesn't yeah. that tell you about Kyrie Irving and, and, I, and, and just the extracurriculars that he brings to the table that no team out there wants to bring this guy in. I think that's also a big point of, let's just say a team wants to acquire Kyrie. Do you really want to pay him four years, a hundred and something or 200 something million dollars? Probably not. Nope. So I don't know what market he actually has. I guess the one thing I am saying, since everyone just seems to be waiting it out for the Lakers and Nets to sign the dotted line because they're the only team in the running, it would not surprise me if there's a mystery team at some point because the Lakers are right now running unopposed with a very unappealing offer. Do you think there's a chance maybe a team kind of slides out from underneath and maybe snags Kyrie? Because I think that people are just penciling Kyrie in to go to the Lakers. 
I really think that if that was going to be the case, I think it would have happened by now. I just don't know what team that is. I mean, I don't know either. Yeah. I'm just throwing it out there. I mean, you could look at, I mean, I always thought maybe, you know, KD to the Clippers for Paul George, but that doesn't make sense for the, for the yeah. Nets perspective. I mean, Kyrie going somewhere. I mean, honestly don't know where, where it would work out with him unless you send them to like, I don't know. You make an argument for Dallas, but I don't know why they would do it. No, I mean, they, they didn't sign Jalen Brunson. You know, I, I was going to say that that would be the argument, but I don't think they're going to do that either. I, once again, Kyrie is definitely not as desirable as people were kind of hoping he'd be, especially the Nets front office. Yeah. But people just assume that since the Lakers are the only team in the running, it has to happen. I, I really don't see why the Nets wouldn't at least try to convince Kyrie saying, we're not going to trade you. We're not going to trade KD to start the season. Mm -hmm. Try to make it work for a month and we'll see what happens. Yeah. Because the Nets team on paper is good. And right now their odds have actually gone back down 22 to 1 on the DraftKings Sportsbook right now to win the NBA title. Scott, appreciate the time and the conversation. Good luck with your bets moving forward. Yep, thanks. Same to you. There he is. Scott Reichel, he co-hosts the NBA uh, Gambling Podcast for the guys over at the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. You can follow him on Twitter at Reichel Radio, R-E-I-C-H-E-L. I'm Scott Seidenberg. This is The Look Ahead here on Visa. On VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Baseball predictions made brighter. Join the Born in a Ballpark Challenge, presented by Blue Moons, a week free for cash all season. Enter weekly prediction pools to fight for your share of $62,500 in total cash prizes. Head to DraftKings.com slash Blue Moon now to join the action. Blue Moon made brighter. 21 and over only, terms and conditions, and other eligible restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Please drink responsibly. Scott Seidenberg back here with you. This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. You can hit me up on Twitter at Scott's on Air, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. I got a list of a whole bunch of like football props and, and wide receiver props and things like that um, that you know, kind of intriguing. Um, But, you know, when I was looking around, uh, just looking around the NFL and at at players, especially like in the awards market, right? You know, we're all kind of trying to see. It's so early. Training camp has not even started yet. We're going to get to that coming up, you know, soon. But it's still early on in the summer. And we're all assessing these football teams just based on, you know, our, our perception of them, what we think, who we think is going to be good, who we think is going to carry over from a season ago. And, but, you know, sometimes things happen that are completely unforeseen. Did anybody think that the Cincinnati Bengals were going to do what the Bengals did last year? Would Joe Burrow do what Joe Burrow did last year? I think a lot of what Joe Burrow, I think a lot of Joe Burrow's success had to do with Jamar Chase as well. I thought that was a home run pick. Uh, in 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 the draft, even though people criticized for not taking the offensive tackle or you know Penny Sewell or whatnot, it was still good to have that comfort level of having your number one wide receiver from college, where you you know set all the records and uh, have him in the NFL. So I thought that was a home run. But I, the point I'm trying to make is no one thought that he was going to have that type of season, especially coming off the knee injury. 
And so when you look at the awards market, it's the usual suspects. But can I guess, can you identify someone before they break out? That's, that's my point. Can you identify someone before they break out? And who is that person going to be? For the MVP, it's tough. Because the MVP is going to go to the brand names, right? It's Aaron Rodgers. It's Tom Brady. It's Patrick Mahomes. It's the usual suspects, right? Lamar Jackson. I mean, you know, Matt Ryan, you could argue, Matt Ryan and Cam Newton were kind of the outliers in the, you know, in the past, I don't know, 15 years? I mean, you go back through the MVPs since, I guess, I don't know, 2008, 2007, 2008. So, like, Tom Brady, basically starting in 07, I guess that was Brady's first MVP, right? It's Brady, Manning, Rodgers, and then... Cam Newton, Matt Ryan, Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes. That's it. Those are the only men who have won the award. Peyton, after that year, won it twice, three times. 2008, 2009, 2013. Tom Brady, 07, 2010, 2017. uh, And then Aaron Rodgers, 2011, 2014, 2020, 2021. And then you have those guys that had the individual years. So it's the usual suspects. Is it realistic to expect Justin Herbert, who seems to be everyone's darling pick, to rise up, have a season that we expect him to be capable of having and be the MVP? Or is it more likely that Tom Brady puts together an incredible season, even at his age. Aaron Rodgers puts together an incredible season, uh, even without Devontae Adams. Or Patrick Mahomes puts together an incredible season and wins his second MVP award. Lamar Jackson reverts back to form, wins a second MVP award. Or to someone like, like I said, Josh Allen or Justin Herbert, Are they the ones that break the mold, that break through, that become the one-year guys? And I'm not saying that they're one-year guys. I'm not saying that Justin Herbert can't win an MVP now and then win a bunch coming through, moving forward. Same thing with Josh Allen, who can win an MVP and then win three more. Uh, I'm just saying it's going to come from this group. It's not going to be... Derek Carr. It's not going to be Kyler Murray. It's not even going to be Joe Burrow. Or Dak Prescott even. It's going to come from the group that you would expect it to come from. So the MVP is not really a good market to kind of jump into and try and identify somebody that can rise up and win this award. So I think you look for the offensive player of the year. You see, this is the market, I think, where you can identify someone. 
Last year, Cooper Cup goes out and was incredible. Set all types of records, right? And this year, the head coach in Minnesota, Kevin O'Connell, comes over from the Rams, will probably have a very similar system to what we saw in L.A., and so the thought process is, can Justin Jefferson have the type of season that Cooper Cup had last year? And if that's the case, Justin Jefferson, 20-1 to 1 right now to be the Offensive Player of the Year, seems like an interesting bet. But going back through this award, and you look at the positions that have won the award, a wide receiver has only won the award four times. It's only been three people to ever win that award as a wide receiver. Jerry Rice did it twice, Michael Thomas in 2019, and Cooper Cup last year. Quarterbacks and running backs are the ones that win this award. And it, I tend to lean towards the running back or wide receiver, unless the quarterback just clearly blows everything away. Like Cam Newton, when he won the MVP, was the Offensive Player of the Year because he his numbers were just that incredible. Blew everyone out of the water. That 2015 season was absurd. Same thing, Matt Ryan the following year. Wins the MVP, wins the... Offensive Player of the Year. Patrick Mahomes in 2018, MVP, Offensive Player of the Year. But Lamar Jackson wins the MVP in 2019. He was not the Offensive Player of the Year. And the past two MVPs in Aaron Rodgers have not been the Offensive Player of the Year. So you look at the case to be made. Jonathan Taylor, what a season he had last year, should only get better now that he has a better quarterback in Matt Ryan under center. He's at 10 to 1. Derrick Henry coming back from his injury, trying to get a full season now. The weight of the team is on him. He's at 12 to 1. Cooper Cup to repeat is at 14 to 1. Debo Samuel, although I don't know what to expect from Trey Lance. Debo's at 16 to 1. And let's see. You also have, I mentioned Justin Jefferson. Here's an interesting one. Devont, uh, before I get to Devontae, Nick Chubb. With everything going on with the Cleveland Browns and the uncertainty around Deshaun Watson and how long he'll be out, we expect him to be suspended. We just don't know how long he'll be suspended for. But while he is out, the team is not going to rely on Jacoby Brissett to get them wins. They're going to rely on Nick Chubb. And so if Chubb leads this team to wins without Deshaun Watson and has really great numbers, the numbers will only get better once Deshaun comes in. Nick Chubb's an interesting candidate. And then there's Devontae Adams. You want to talk about a wide receiver? Not many people would argue with you if you said Devontae's top wide receiver in the NFL. He is in a new place here in Las Vegas, paired up with his college quarterback, 
and former roommate in Derek Carr. Could Devontae put up the best numbers that he's ever put up and put himself in the mix to be the Offensive Player of the Year? We'll talk about that and so much more with our good friend Kevin E. Martin, sports reporter here for News Channel 8 in Las Vegas. I'm Scott Seidenberg. This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Sports Betting Network. Beeson will be broadcasting live from the NBA Summer League now through July 17th. Catch the Edge with Jonathan Von Tobel and Matt Humans at 4 o'clock Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific, live from the NBA Summer League every weekday. We'll also have special guests, exclusive content, and live updates all throughout VSIN shows. Follow more for more. You can just follow us on Twitter at VSIN Live and at VSIN Live on YouTube. Scott Seidenberg back here with you. It's the look ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. Joining us uh, to talk more about the Summer League and a variety of Vegas sports topics. Kevin E. Martin covers uh, all sports for 8 News Now here in Vegas. She's been at the Summer League enjoying the festivities. But before we get into all of that, Kevin, I got to ask you about the Golden Knights Dumping some salary. Patches on the move. Max Pacioretty goes to Carolina. A lot of fans here in Vegas upset about this trade. Yeah, you said it right there. It was a salary dump move. Uh, they cleared $7.8 million in cap space, um, getting rid of him and trading him to Carolina. But, yeah, we knew, you know, with free agency starting, we knew there was going to be a big name um, because the cap cap issues that Vegas has been facing and it was just a matter of time. Now, did I expect Max Max Pacioretty's name to be in that? No. Um, I was definitely shocked, as was a lot of other people in the media and around the NHL in general. Um, I mean, you're talking about your leading goal scorer, um, but yeah, we knew a big name was going to be on the trading block, um, 
but yeah, definitely shocked that it was Patches. What's been the uh, early reception for Bruce Cassidy as the new head coach? Uh, everything I've heard is that Vegas landed the best coach available. Um, and I think what says it all, if you see, if you went to Bruins Twitter um, when they ended up firing Cassidy, and what says it all is the fans, you know, uh, the team tweeted out, like, what, who, what coach do you guys want to see uh, fill Bruce Cassidy's role? And uh, 90% of the people in the mention said Bruce Cassidy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> they landed. Obviously, he wasn't available when they fired Pete DeBoer, but uh, the cards fell in Vegas' favor. And, um, yeah, they got really lucky that Bruce Cassidy um, – his, he obviously was fired in Boston, and it just everything fell into place, and they landed a great, great coach. Uh, let's talk Vegas Summer League. You've been out at Thomas and Mac uh, covering all the events going on over there. Um, is there a player that has stood out to you the most? Is it anybody other than Chet Holmgren that has impressed you? Yeah, for sure. Um, obviously, Paolo Bancaro, that opening night, you know, um, Number one overall pick, you know, not a shocker that he stood out, but um, really impressed with his play. I know he hasn't played a lot. I think he's only played in two games, but both games, you know, he's really impressed. But the guy that's really um, interested in me is Keegan Murray, the fourth overall pick for the Sacramento Kings. Um, you know, there was some debate there if uh, Sac should have went with Ivy out of uh, Purdue, but they, you know, they went all in on Keegan Murray and. He's the only guy. I think he dropped 29 tonight for the Kings. Um, he's the only guy. I think that was his fifth fifth or sixth or 20-point game in the Summer League. And trust me, I know you. people are always like, it's the Summer League. Don't get excited. Don't get excited. Um, but it's hard not to when you see this guy. He's 6'8". He's big. He can stretch the floor. He can shoot from distance. Um, great touch. Great uh, footwork, feet work. And um, so I'm, I'm excited. Um, Mike Brown's got a winner there. I think, you know, Sacramento's got something cooking. It's funny to say that because the Kings have really been, you know, irrelevant for some time now. But I really like this this young guy out of Iowa, Keegan Murray. Yeah, it was his uh, fifth 20-point game. Uh, the other 13 lottery picks have combined for six total 20-point games. Wow. <laughs> so it's just amazing. Uh, Friday night, Thunder Warriors at Thomas & Mack. Chet Holmgren, James Wiseman. What are you looking forward to seeing from that matchup? See, um, you know, a lot of people want to see Chet's been getting bumped around quite a bit in this summer league. Um, and they want to see if he can handle, you know, the bruiser being, you know, handled down low. Uh, so I want to see, you know, Wiseman's bigger. He has experience. Um, I can't wait for that matchup. I'm super excited. Yeah, so yeah, that's kind of what I'm looking for. Obviously, Holmgren's you know thinner, um, but he does have the ability to stretch the floor. He brings the ball up quite a bit for OKC. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see if he can take advantage, um, bring Wiseman out on the perimeter and go to work, or if he's going to go down in the paint. So I'm I'm super excited about that. Um, obviously, you know Wiseman has still a lot to prove. He's young. I think it's his second year in the league, right? Um, so, yeah, that's going to be a great matchup. Yeah, that's going to be one. I'm definitely going to tune in to watch that one on Friday. And uh, I, I've been, I don't want to say critical or negative, but 
I'm a little concerned about Holmgren's size. I know he's going to get bigger. I know, obviously, you put him into mm -hmm. a, you know, an NBA camp. He's going to work out. He's going to build muscle. He's going to work with nutritionists. He's going to gain weight. But uh, the big men in the NBA, Kevin, and you, you've seen these guys up close. I mean, they, mm -hmm. they all, they're all over 250 pounds, and he's 194 soaking wet. I just, I'm a little worried. Oh, yeah. And, and it's fair to be worried. I mean, like you said, he's going to have to go down in the paint. Like, he does have the ability to stretch the floor, but, you know, um, he's going to have to go down there in the post and, um, you know, eventually try to impose his will, that, that thin body, that thin frame that you talk about. Um, you know, people had doubts like that with Kevin Durant, but he plays a different style. He's more finesse, you know. So Holmgren's going to have to put on weight. Um so it's going to be interesting how they do do that because he's. It, it looks like he's just naturally thin, right? It doesn't yeah. matter how much weight gain or anything. It just looks like that's how he's built. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see if his body and his body type can hold up for the length of the NBA season and beyond into the postseason. Let's talk some Raiders here, Kevin. Uh, when it comes to Devontae Adams, high expectations, I'm sure. Can I interest you in a 20-to-1 bet on Devontae Adams' Offensive Player of the Year award? Ooh, I like that for sure. Let's go with it. Yeah. I'm all in. I am all in. <laughs> I'm sure reuniting with Derek Carr, obviously his uh, former college roommate and, and college teammate, but I just think in this offense with, with Josh McDaniels <laughs> at the helm, this Raiders offense is going to be potent this year. Yeah, I'm excited. Um, you know, you talk about, obviously, Devontae Adams, Hunter Renfro, Darren Waller, um, Josh Jacobs will be healthy, but they've even added depth, right? Like, Zamir White out of Georgia to give Josh, you know, that strong backup. Demarcus Robinson, that third wide receiver um, that they picked up from Kansas City. Uh, so they have, like, the, the big names. They've, you know, locked down, like I said, Ren Renfro and Adams, but they've also added that depth that I think the Raiders have lacked in the past. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's you know, you, you said it right there. It's potent. It's going to be high-powered. This new scheme that McDaniels has put in, um, you know, Carr has admitted that it's a lot. Like, they, you know, they had a lot on their plate um, in minicamp and, you know, heading into training camp. It's, it's an entirely different way of playing. But um, once they get it, I mean, it's going to be exciting. I am so excited for this season, um, you know, I think the biggest question, obviously, is that offensive line. You can have so many weapons. You can have all these guys. But if that offensive line can't hold up, then, you know, it's going to be for nothing. So, um, you know, no secret that there's a lot of questions surrounding that offensive line heading into training camp. But, um, you know, McDaniels, like you said, at the helm, I think with his leadership that, um, you know, they'll get it right and take advantage of these uh, weapons that they've locked down. The division is obviously tough. With the Broncos got better. The Chargers are great. And, and we all know about the Chiefs, even without uh, Tyreek Hill. The win total's at eight and a half. Can the Raiders go over mm. that win total? Mm, yeah, I actually, <laughs> it's funny. I was looking at the schedule today and I was being generous. Um, I know it's, I would say the AFC West is, you know, the toughest division in the league with, you know, obviously the addition of Russell Wilson and uh, Justin Herbert, a rising star. Uh, you mentioned Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. Um, I'm going 10-7. and seven. I'm being really generous. If they can stay healthy, 
and the offensive line um, gets it together. I'm going there. I I like the I like ten and seven. That's what I'm. I'm going for ten wins. I don't think you're that far off, Kevin. I appreciate the time and the conversation. We'll catch up with you again soon. Enjoy the rest of the summer league. For sure. Talk to you soon, Scott. There she is. Kevin E. Martin from uh, 8 News Now here in Las Vegas. She's on Twitter at Kevin E. Martin, K-E-V-A-N-E-Y. I'm Scott Sadenberg. You hit me up on Twitter at Scott's on Air, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. We'll get back into uh, Major League Baseball, take a look at uh, the board coming up for Thursday. We're also going to be joined by Paul Sporer from Fangraphs, get his thoughts on the first half of the baseball season and some of the games that we have on the schedule for Thursday. This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN. It's the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.